Scouse, it's your show, bud. I'm just here for the ride. Well, um, I'm here for the ride too because uh, we got uh, three really great people on uh, the podcast tonight, and um, for me, this is one of the most important podcasts that we're ever going to do because um, Mario, as you know, um, one of the big things that uh, I really love my Liverpool for is their academy. Um, and a lot of the uh, professional sites all the way around the world, the reason why they're, they're successful is because they have the base of a really great academy behind them. And it really, really um, makes me smile seeing fellow scouts on the pitch playing for Liverpool. It really makes me happy to see fellow uh, scouts on the pitch playing for Everton. They're just not as good as Liverpool players. <laughs> scouts, did you just say that? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> but, um, you know, all joking aside, you know, a lot of the, the, the great clubs over in Europe, you know, West Ham have had a great um, academy in the past. And um, you guys are the foundation, for me, of Louisville City and racing Louisville. And um, it's all starting with you. So um, it's great that you guys... I've got uh, young kids that you guys are tutoring along so that um, they have a goal set for them so they can go through. And yet yeah, you could be on that pitch one day. So, and um, um, I'm just going to go around and introduce everybody. You know, we got Mario Sanchez. Um, we have uh, Kincaid. I love your name, Kincaid. I've never met you, you yet, but uh, I love that name. And then, of course, we got Luke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite... Um, Memory of you, Luke, is uh, smashing that goal in at the cup final. And um, I was right behind the uh, the net. I thought you were going to put the ball through the net, but it's, just, it's okay. As long as it went across the line, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that was a memorable one. We uh, lost our um, stuff. We'll say it that. Oh, so, yeah. South being right behind because we were so close to it, we could have grabbed the ball and ran off with it, which we've been known to do some other devious things, but we didn't have yeah. that one. That might have been the last goal I scored. And, uh, <laughs> what a way to go out! What a way to go out! <laughs> and we will take that uh, footage out and we will put it on with this podcast showing uh, how Luke uh, won the cup final for us. Um, what 2018 won it at uh, the Lynn Stadium. City managing to keep the ball in bounds on the right side. Man, dogged defending there well, but the pitch by George Saves the fourth manages to keep it there. McCabe gives it off. Now, Ooh, big service, looking for Brian. Tries to step it over to the side. That one headed out of bounds by Abdul Samal. And now a corner cross coming in for Little City, which will be brought to you by Cattleman's Roadhouse. Not taking any risk there as Abdul Salam has picked his game up here in the last few minutes. It was a narrow angle there for Brian Ombi. It was going out of bounds, and it was between the 6 and the 18-yard box, so really wouldn't have been able to do much with it. But, you know, leaving no stone unturned with Salam. Corner kick to the right side. Headed up. City still so alive. Swahi inside. Jumped around. Bouncing around, upstairs Luke Spencer just knocks it through. Goalkeeper can't do anything. Defenders helpless. Louisville City take the lead in the USL Championship. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I've got some uh, bullet points that I want to ask you guys. Um, uh, Mario. Yeah. You know, you joined Lou City back in uh, 2019, and you've had many, many, many years. Uh, um, they say 20-plus years. Are you sure that you're that old? <laughs> hey, my kids and my wife remind me every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, and now Luke does too, just so you know. <laughs> so in uh, the couple of years that you've been with uh, Louisville City, what, is, um, what has changed? Um, what changes have you brought to the Academy to uh, make it so great. Um, well, geez, what hasn't changed really? Um, <laughs> obviously, the whole entire club has has changed for the good, and um, you know, seeing someone like Kincaid, who we hired away from the Colorado Rapids to come in, to see um, a formal player like Luke, who has experience winning championships, you know, work with the youth. But I think ultimately, what's changed is now we're a, a proper club. Um, you know, we, we have 
the first team, we have a woman's first team, and we have the youth on both the boys and the girls. Uh, we're a proper club now. Um, and there's now a, a philosophy that goes from the first team down to the six-year-olds that Kincaid works with. So if anything, it's just pretty amazing in the short period of time, uh, we, you know, we go from playing in a baseball stadium to having now uh, two multi-million dollar facilities. And again, to having you know, five, six-year-olds, upwards of 18, 19-year-olds, to having a woman's first team, and, and to have a now an opportunity for kids in this community, to your point, Scouts, to, to dream. Um, so if anything, what I'm most proud of is we've given the local kids, when I say local, you know, the whole Kentuckiana area, kids an opportunity to, to dream big and to be um, playing on field literally right next to the first team and to see it and, and make it, you know, almost touchable is what, I think is ultimately has changed and, and now there's a it, it's pretty cool now again you have a whole club club philosophy and we'll talk later about that but you know ultimately scouts it's we're a club we're a family and again whether you know your kid just learned to kick the ball or you know you're someone that's you know leaving the game because we have adult leagues going on now so it's a proper club great and um kincaid You've been here for, ooh, what, uh, four weeks, eight weeks? <laughs> Long enough to have experienced a blizzard, a flood, <laughs> a torrential monsoon, and now it's summer all so, of a sudden. So what you're saying, <laughs> what, what, what you're saying is uh, we're going to start calling you Lucky. <laughs> I've gotten blamed for some things that are outside of my control. <laughs> so, Kincaid, just wait for it. So, uh, Kincaid, you can wait for it because we'll have 100 degrees here probably within about four to five weeks. We'll have cicadas in here soon, and it'll look like the plague <laughs> is coming in. Uh, so, this is regular Ohio Valley, Kentucky stuff. So, wait, what am through. I doing here? <laughs> Did you take a, you took the wrong turn in Albuquerque? I think that's what always happens. But that's funny, right? When I, when I told when I was interviewing Kincaid, I said, "Listen, this is the, this is like the San Diego of the Midwest. Don't, don't you worry about it. <laughs> Just stop it." I've been fooled. I've been fooled. But no, it's it's a pleasure, and I'm so honored to be a part of what's such an exciting, um, yeah, exciting environment. So, so what made you pick uh, out of all of the cities you had a choice to go to? Because there's nobody wakes up one morning and goes, you know what? I'm going to go to Louisville, Kentucky. You know? No, that's that's exactly how it happened. I woke up one morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, you know, what, it, what has been really cool to see is, uh, you know, in the um, market that I was in prior, we had so many competing interests um, working to capture the attention of young kids as well as our potential soccer fans. Um, this is like a thriving, exciting soccer city. And that's one of the most attractive and really like um, inspiring things about being here. I can't tell you how many people, like I was used to walking around in my soccer gear and people not even blinking at it. And now I go out in loose city or racing stuff and I, I get asked at the gym or I get asked at the grocery store if I'm just a fan, like the person who's talking to me, or if I work for the club and then I get a chance to brag about my job. So um, the community and the culture here is just, it's its different and it's really special. And I'm so excited to be here. Well, I just want to take the uh, the opportunity to welcome you to, to, to Louisville City. And hopefully um, when we uh, get out there and get to watch a game live, that you're going to come join us over in Scouser's house and... Um, you know, because we do have the best seats in the house. Correct, San? We do, don't we, Mr. Sanchez? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, uh, Kincaid, actually, we were talking about today. We were at the stadium, and Kincaid literally said, so on game day, like, what do we do? Who do we sit with? Who do we have a beer with? So uh, it'll, it'll be cool to have uh, Kincaid joining us. I'm excited. Oh, unless so, I forget Mr. Luke Spencer. Luke and I have actually talked about that as well. Yeah. Last night, closing and locking up. Was it, it was last night, right, Luke? We were talking about having yeah. a beer and just relaxing. I'm there. 
But now Caitlin, Caitlin, I just realised she's hardcore. I'm just starting out with a pint of Guinness, and she's got a pint of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so Luke, a lot's lots changed since the end of the season because um, you know um, you're now a dad. And you've you put your your football boots up and um so first off is how is um Emery? He's great. He's great. Um you know that changes every week. He, he seems to get get sick like babies do, especially babies, you know, at daycare. So uh-huh. you know, first time having your, your son sick was not easy. You know, I felt helpless, but I'm sure every parent goes through that. Um, but, you know, it's been um, it's been a joy. Uh, my wife and I have really, you know, I feel like grown um, in terms of, you know, just having a kid and, and um, you know, raising raising Emory these past six months, which seems like it's been uh, two years, but also <laughs> a month at the same time. Um, so it's been a. It's been a fast and a slow six months. I'm sure uh, you, you parents can can relate. Oh, absolutely. So um, when the, the baby's crying at nighttime, who who gets out of bed? Is it you or is it um, is it the boss or uh, does the boss make you do it or how does that work out for you? Uh, the boss decides. So it's not. <laughs> you know, it's not uh, me all the time. It's not her all the time. But you know, it is it is her decision. So, you know, if I get the nudge, then I know, all right, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, now that you have hung your boots up and um, you won't be there scoring goals for us anymore. Um, so how's the um, the beginning of your coaching career? Is it uh, is it what you expect it to be or how is that going? Yeah, honestly, it's... Um... It's everything I expected it to be. Um, it's everything I wanted it to be. Um, I'm in a position where I'm, I'm learning a lot every day, I'm coaching a lot every day, um, you know. And I I work for you know, Mario and and with Kincaid and with Simon, um, and you know. So I'm around good people every day, and I am around experienced people every day. So. Um, you know, it's all the things that I was looking forward to. Um, and as a coach, uh, I'm growing, I'm being challenged. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a positive experience for me so far. Okay. So um, you're saying that, um, you know, you're learning an awful lot from uh, Mario and um, the other people that are around you. So uh, Mario, what, um, what kind of coaching have you implemented at the academy? to help all of these guys along? That's a great question. So we've developed a club-wide philosophy working with, with Coach Hackworth, with, with, with Danny, with Coach Christie and Gary. They've been wonderful. They've been very open. Um, so, so basically, look, our job is to make sure as these kids come through the ranks that they're pre- prepared for professional soccer. Um, so, you know, the, the similar styles, um, which is pretty cool because I think you'll see with racing eventually as well that um, it's going to be attractive, you know, high pressing, you know, high octane soccer similar to the men, which is awesome. And it was cool because they both come from different backgrounds. But um, so what our responsibility is, is to make sure that we're working hand in hand with the first team coaches to make sure that, again, we're implementing similar ideas that the first team does. And now, look, how that takes effect is completely different from Kikade with six, seven, eight-year-olds. Um, no, it's and then not. Three... It's the same. <laughs> 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 he the easiest job. Yeah, he's teaching six-year-olds to, to press everywhere and play all the back. and No problem. That's, uh, all, that's all six-year-olds do is press. It's just a swarm of pressing. <laughs> it's a big amoeba, right? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, uh, I remember those days. Yeah, yeah. So, no, we have a, a full <laughs> curriculum for our coaches. Um, we break it down segments, but but ultimately, again, it's it's taking the experiences that players like Luke have, or back coaching, obviously myself and Kincaid, and, and making sure um, that whether it's obviously the coaches we 
work with, the players we work with, but just club-wide, the philosophy is being followed uh, every game, you know, from a six-year-old up to the 18, 19-year-old. So that's one thing that I love about this this job is we're all pulling in the same direction. Um, and that's, you guys know, it doesn't matter what you do in life, when you're working with people that are all pulling for the same thing, it's, it's a fun place to be. Mm-hmm. So as that Absolutely. process goes vertically, uh, so when you talk about what, Kincaid's doing and what Luke is doing that feeds up into you, Mario. What type of things have they already brought into kind of your realm of thinking with how you're coaching that they've added in areas that you didn't think about? So whether it's a playing style or, you know, a couple things that stand out, because as we all have teams in all of our businesses, because we all have jobs and we all work with groups, it's always interesting to feed off other people because it gets it's taxing. It's hard when you manage a big group. And you need those people helping you out in those areas. So where are some spots that both Kincaid and Luke have helped you out? Look, I'm going to brag on Kincaid. Um, <laughs> she has challenged us in such a cool way to think different. No, I mean, honestly, you know, how we implement, you know, these playing philosophies for the little ones, you know, breaking it down to literally one versus one, two versus twos. And, and first and foremost, creating that enjoyment for kids at a young age and the biggest thing, Kenny, is to teaching kids to take risk. Um, and KK, I definitely want you to talk about this because, you know, we've had a lot of discussions, you know, that unfortunately sometimes adults, when they teach, coach kids, it's more about the adults than the kid. Right. And, you know, we have to encourage kids to take risks knowing that they're going to fail. And then you, you, you transition that to, you know, those middle age groups and older and having someone like Luke's experience where, you know, these kids – are hearing from a person who did it and recently did it. And it's it's Luke telling them, look, this is how it really is. This is not a philosophy. <laughs> this is how the game is played. This is real. These are the pressures and this is why you have to do it. Um, it Kincaid, I mean, if you don't mind, Scott, so look, you know, Kincaid talk about, again, just allowing kids to be kids and that, that risk because, again, yeah. when you watch our men's first team or watch the racing, you're going to see players that are not afraid to take risks. So, you know, you're stealing my thunder here because that was going to be my next question is, um, Kincaid, is what actually is your role at the academy and what is it that you bring to the academy that um, is the reason why uh, Mario picked you out in the first place? Thanks for that. I, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out why Mario picked me, but I'm really grateful that, that he did. Um you know, I've been working in the what U.S. soccer calls the zone one age groups for most of my career. And I know that um, the most important thing to players and their parents in those ages is really three three elements. The first that we all know is that the kids are having fun and enjoying their experience. Um, and defining fun is where I feel that I can... Um, like place my mark on the program. Like fun is definitely not having a an older coach or yelling at you for 50 minutes, right? Fun is being able to express yourself and score goals and celebrate with your teammates and and try things and be celebrated for that. And um, so I'm when I work with my coaching staff, uh, I try to promote all of those things and really narrow in on what what fun means. Um, fun is also uh, belonging to something significant and bigger than just the player on the field with their with their team. I, obviously, being a part of City and the Racing FC Academy means something special. Um, and kids at at the youngest ages are really proud to put on their Loose City jersey or their racing jersey um, and wear that around. Uh, so that belonging element also contributes to that fun experience. Um, and then the final piece is growing. Like parents bring their player to us because their player is passionate about soccer. They're excited to explore the sport and their relationship with, with Lou City and Racing FC. And um, that, that development piece, them improving or making progress uh, is is just as important as any of the other two elements. So fun, belonging, and development are the foundation of everything. And if we get those three things right at four, five, and six, I mean, you've seen it firsthand what that can mean for um, for a, a Liverpool player who 
may develop into a world-class top player or a full a lifetime fan of of their team i think that my job is is uh or my opportunity with young players is a really, really powerful one because we can capture kids as fans for life and that's really cool so luke kind of off the back of what Kincaid just said there um i think it's interesting that transition uh from being the player on the pitch to now trying to relate to players and it's a tough transition, I know, from when I was playing professional golf to come away from that. And it was all about me. And then I had to start investing into other people and just take a seat in the back and kind of look at this and go like, OK, so what can I give to them to empower them and then sit back and watch them and hope it goes forward? What has been a transition for you like with the philosophies like Kincaid's talking about with empowering the kids to take risk and then Mario's latched onto that feeds on up. What have you seen as like successes for you that's been really like, oh my gosh, I actually helped this kid do this. This was something <laughs> that I had to learn the hard way. I, I ran into the brick wall this many times. I gave them something that made it a little bit easier if they wanted to take that leadership. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a, a good point and a, and a good question. Um, you know, it, I would say the most you know, difficult part is, is coming from a, you know, a professional environment where, you know, you have the standard of, of winning a championship, you know, every year and, and being pushed for that level of success. And then, um, you know, now I'm in a position where I'm, I'm helping youth players develop um, and there's not that same standard. Right. So, you know, it's still development. Um, so I've had to, you know, take a step back, uh, and like you're saying, and, and that's where, you know, Mario has been extremely helpful um, and, and, you know, for me, you know, I come with a deep desire to, to help these players. Um, and, you know, I think that's where Louisville city's locker room, um, is, is very, very strong in terms of their relationships and trying to, to help each other. Um, and so, you know, to say that, you know, you're, you're coming from a mindset of me, me, me. That might be the most. That might be the situation in a lot of other locker rooms, but in the the, the Louisville City locker room, uh, that certainly isn't the case. It's more of a of a collective family, as as Mario said before. Um, so I think the the, the transfer in, in terms of helping these players was was more natural than it might might seem. Um, but I certainly had to to take a step back and say, okay, I'm not around professionals every day uh these are developing youth players that aspire to be you know, professional players and uh you know learning how uh the level to accept and to encourage and to back off and then to push is it's been fun and and it's i continue to 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 grow and to you know copy copy what, what mario's doing and certainly listen to james uh and simon as well that's probably pretty good timing with just having a young child because it's kind of stuff that you have to pour into as parents, uh, the ones of us that are parents on here and you watch them succeed and you take a back seat, but you, you're like, those are the happiest moments ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So this is a really important question here, Luke. Have you bought Emery a Liverpool shirt yet? <laughs> <laughs> he, actually has, he actually has two and a, uh, and a jacket. So two that's Liverpool fantastic. shirts and a jacket at six months. That's that's pretty good, right? That's pretty impressive. <laughs> you see the dark, impressive. See the dartboard back there. So I've got a quick little story about Mario and I. So when Mario came to town, uh, Brad Estes called me and said, "Hey, Liverpool supporter." I think he texted me and Scouse actually in a group text and said, "Hey, could you get him out? Maybe like you know, just introduce him to the city." And this is what two and a half years ago, Mario, yeah. something like that, two years ago. So it comes down, and I think the first match we watched was oh. Everton, and it was a draw. And we had not lost, I don't know, when I say we because I was out there playing for Liverpool, of course. Uh, we had not lost in a long, long time, and then it's Everton, it's a draw in the Merseyside Derby. And then so he's like, okay, so the next time then he brought down his family, his lovely wife and his children. My wife was down there, we're all sitting around, and we sang campfire songs, and we watched another draw. Mario and I had never watched another Liverpool game together. So I do have up here on the screen, this is a Liverpool match against Wolverhampton. 
And the reason I have this up is because I know we won one nil. So in some way, I'm channeling the hope That's that a this rare thing this season, a rare thing. It is. I uh, hope this stokes our relationship back. Mario and I still text, but we don't like. It's that weird text relationship, so we kind of. Like I, told, I, I told Kenny after the second draw. I said, Kenny, no offense. I said, but you know, we cannot watch another game together. One hundred percent. I'm just glad you said it first because it was going to make me feel worse saying it because you're the new guy in town. I was like, I'm supposed to be helping this guy. But look, literally after that, they go on the run, Champions League, league. So it was the right decision. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> so uh, you guys, it looks like you've got a um, a busy weekend coming up because um, you want to enlighten us about the uh, um, spring uh, break camp coming up March 29th through the April the 2nd, I do believe. So. Yep. Uh, yep. So part of um, you know not only the academy but a big part of what we're doing is making sure that we're accessible to the whole community. Um, you know, so you have the academy side of it, which is our teams and selection process and whatnot, um, and then we have the other side that again all of us are passionate about. Kincaid's uh, actually taking the lead on it. So next week, Monday through Friday, from one to four at the new facility, we have a camp open to anybody six-year-olds to 14-year-olds, but um, again, just open to the soccer community or kids just want to learn the sport. Kincaid will be taking the lead. And um, Kincaid's, again, I keep bragging about her because um, she does Friday night clinics. She does, she's creating youth <laughs> leagues. She's, um, and, and Scouts, to your point, you know, I think a big part of, of what our responsibility as an academy, but as a professional organization is, is to grow the sport. So, here in the U.S., obviously, it is growing, um, but what I've loved about Kincaid is she wants to make it accessible to anybody. So, yes, do you we can, eventually? Scouts, if you if you want to join, we we can make a spot for you as well. Bring great camp. Great, you know, you can. Uh, you know, I've always been a goalkeeper. You know, so um, these days, that you know, if you put me in goal, I feel the whole goal, and nothing gets banned. Because <laughs> I'll I'll lean on the post with a pork pie and a pint of Guinness, you know, and nothing's getting bad. <laughs> <laughs> with the song Perfect. Scouts, who, who, ate, who ate all the pie? You'll yeah. first checks on every team. That, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, but yeah, so thanks. So, I just plug that, but yeah, we do have a camp and we'll have you know, seven camps throughout the summer. Um, again, for, for anybody, you know, that's the thing we want to make sure with that new facility, that's, that's a community facility. Yes, you know we have the the pro fields for training. You know, obviously those are exclusive, but all those turf fields are for the community. Mario, did did you have any input in the uh, um, the the building of the new facility? Yeah, um, you know, Brad, all the soccer holdings, John Neese, everybody, uh, with, with James, with Hack, with Danny. Obviously, a lot of it was done before Christy and Gary arrived. Uh, but no, they were, everybody was great. Um, we wanted to make sure, if you see the design of it, that the kids understand and feel that they're trained right next to the pros. Um, so that was a big, big desire of ours is to make sure that the kids can see it. We didn't want the pros behind a glass wall or big, you know, to be hidden. Um, and that's something part of the culture that Luke set and, you know, started with James and now with Hack and Danny. and. A big, big piece of that facility was to make sure that the kids can see the pros um, and, again, nearly touch it. Um, some of the things that we're doing, and it's a little bit more difficult with COVID and the USL and NWSL policies, but, you know, there's going to be opportunities. We've done it on the boys already is having them jump in and out with a pro team. Um, you know, so have a facility. We do some morning training with some kids as well, like the top players. Um, so... We're already using that design scouts to your point to, to help implement and, and push these kids. Okay. So um, the academy system over here is completely different to the academy system over in Europe. You know, over in Europe they you know, they send the scouts out and they go to the what is the Sunday leagues or whatever and they, they identify kids and then they have to get invited to the academy, but the academy over here is nothing like that at all. Correct. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, in America, it's a 
interesting dynamic. Um, you know, you have some of the pay to play, you have some op different opportunities, you have some tryouts. We're, I'll be honest, frank with you, Scouts, we're trying to flip the narrative, uh, at least here in Louisville, how things are done. Um, one thing I can promise you is no kid will ever be denied because of finances. Uh, soccer Holdings has been great about supporting, you know, kids. So, um, you know, financially, if there's a kid out there that needs to be playing, they'll be playing. Um, at the same time, you know, you in Europe, obviously, you have training compensation, you have player rights, you obviously have transfer fees involved, you know, with academy kids moving. Um, it's slowly moving there, that direction. Um, the Federation has some work to do with training compensation. But what we're ultimately trying to do, and, and so you have two different dynamics. So on, the, on the men's side, 100%, we're creating a pathway for top boys to, to make it. So we have Elijah Winder, who you know we initially started, who signed a first-team contract. There's a couple other boys that are close. And then on the flip side, you have Racing Louisville. We're literally going to be on the forefront of uh, you know, women's youth soccer slash pathway on the on the women's side we're that's one thing that i love right now like in um pk's talked about it we've all talked about it you know to have the influence that we're going to have on the women's game i think it's going to be i literally say groundbreaking um you know the portland uh, the timbers slash uh, thorns are slowly getting there north carolina uh, is slowly getting there but if you call it a, a race um I think we're going to be jumping ahead of it here in a short couple of years. So ultimately, we would love to see young women as well go from the academy and and possibly bypass college, like how the men do now. You know what I mean? That the club will have and the league will have the financial resources to have a young lady decide maybe college is not for me. I'm going to go straight to the pros. So I think that's one of the coolest things that we're doing. So Kincaid, so you've, you've been here for a short amount of time. So, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to be listening to this podcast that don't know a lot about the way the development is going on. So where do you see what you all are doing right now, especially in the much younger ranks where you're really just trying to get more involvement and then move them through the Lucy racing way, soccer holdings. I got to start saying soccer holdings, but that doesn't mean anything. Nobody has a soccer holdings <laughs> hat. It's hard to even say. <laughs> Nobody even wears soccer holdings, right? And they're all backroom staff. They're not front room. So anyway, what would, what would be the message that kind of like for you to those people that have children that are wanting to get involved and why should they start getting involved with the, the academy at this very early age? I was just, I got so excited there while Mario was talking about the potential on the women's side specifically. There's such this strong um, brand and community identification for the boys that come into our program. I mean, boys are banging down the door to get involved because they know that they know loose city. It's been a part of their lives for a long time. Um, and they want, now there's this opportunity to be a part of that, uh, at every level. Um, it's accessible to use the word that Mario said earlier. I'm really excited for our, um, our kickoff season with racing because that's going to build the excitement for our girls to engage in a similar way at the youngest ages and really see like I can be a part of something that's, that's really meaningful and really special in this community. So that's the first thing, like belonging to something that's special is, is just incredible. And, and they're going to see, well, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no hopefully first. we can see no, that. You go first. <laughs> no, you, no. Hopefully we see that happen soon with our uh, home opener against uh, Orlando Pride on April 10th. Just got my tickets for that. Uh, I'll be there. Yeah, me and my wife, Shannon, and my, our daughter and our uh, son-in-law will be here for it as well. So we're very excited about that. But I think also Fine. to that point, yeah, to that point, and I'm going to jump to Luke here in just a second, but Kincaid, back to that. Um, there's a unique part to the women's side that these girls that have grown up, they're, they're seeing – the players that are playing for the U.S. Women's National Team, they're going to be showing up here, and that is a different dynamic. So there's a little bit more of a wow factor that doesn't have to be the grassroots stuff that Luke went through that obviously at a super high level, but they've already seen these on ESPN for years and years and years. So how do you take that and pull that into these young girls to give them more of a dream and a hope to go in those directions? 
Gosh, it's it's uh, being around it on a regular basis, isn't it? From being able to show up as a fan to being able to show up in the full kit as a player at at six years old or seven years old, and then and then have uh, coaches who are invested in building an individualized pathway. And I don't want to get too soccer nerdy or um, to dive too much in on the youth development side, but I think one of our um, one of the really important things to us is that we individualize the player experience for each player in our club to maximize their development. We talk about um, our mission to have more collegiate professional national team players than any other academy in in the country. And that starts with getting kids pumped up about wearing the, wearing the badge and, and building a relationship from there. Yeah, it was interesting. We had a, Coach Holly on and JOC and Hack uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was interesting hearing JOC talking about Yuki's just football brain oh. and just her her look on life, and 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 that has to be able to bleed through to what you guys are dealing with. I say guys, guys, the term we use loosely is guys and gals, but it's just a loose term that we use. Uh, but to where you can actually see, here's real life. Look, here's this has actually happened, and we have World Cup. It's right here, and mm-hmm. there's stuff for you to learn and pass down. Um, so Luke, even like seeing that the team, you know, the players that you've got there now for racing that I'm sure you're around, what have you picked up from the women's side that's surprised you to learn for the men's side of the game that, you know, you played in for years that you probably weren't around as much because you didn't have this bilateral club here, right? That had both women's and men's teams. What have you picked up? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question, but I think that the desire it, it, it's there and it's always been there. I think this, you know, like we're, we've, we've been talking about is that there hasn't been a pathway and there hasn't been, you know, the, the same opportunity. Um, right. And, you know, to see, you know, some of the experiences we've created uh, for the Academy players on, on, on the racing side um, and to see the players, you know, take full advantage of it and want more um, shows that there was a there was a need for everything that we're doing mm-hmm. uh, and there still is so you know just to to be around it um you know i think it's still it's still growing but to see that you know there there is a real need and there was a lack of opportunity um there still is but it is growing and improving i'd say um you know that's that's what i've, I've taken away so far cool so um Going back to my first point, right at the very, very beginning, um, about a month ago, um, Louisville City um, announced that we had um, seven academy players that have now signed some sort of contract with Louisville City. I think it's fabulous. So what can you tell us about those players? I think first and foremost that they, um, the people the type of character that we're looking for to Luke's point, eventually maybe in the locker room one day. Um, you know, the, the hardest part with with all of this, and it doesn't matter if it's a college kid one day or whatever, like in the U.S., the system obviously you used to go to college and go there. Um, but I think the first thing we look at is the character. Um, Luke speaks about the locker room. You know, yeah, you hear all these top, top players. It doesn't matter from what organization. The successful clubs have a very... Um, a locker room full of high outstanding people and character, you know, because if you don't trust the guy next to you, then it's hard to be successful. So the first thing, yes, they have to have talent, but we want to make sure that they represent the club on and off the field and, and as, as right people. Um, and then from there, it's, looks these kids, um, the cool thing about these USL Academy contracts is they do keep their amateurism. Um, so it gives us the opportunity to integrate them with the first team at the same time. If they don't make that final jump, they can still go to college, which in this country obviously is, gives them a, another you know, stepping stone uh, because kids still, they call them kids, even though if they're 18, 19, young they're adults. Younger, they're younger than us. <laughs> That's <all> right. <laughs> and, that, and that bar changes all the time, every year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want to make sure that they still have that opportunity. Um, and then each one has their own unique skill set. Um, again, whether it's a, an outside back or a center back or a forward, um, but it, it's working. You know, myself, Luke, Simon, and with with Danny and Hack, 
to evaluate and and to give them you know these opportunities and training for the first team and to say okay you know what maybe they got something and continue to to elevate um, one of the coolest things we really haven't announced it we're going to be starting with the league uh, the USL it's a USL Academy League um, in essence it's almost like a I hate to use the word reserve but it's a it's going to be like a under 23 <laughs> league that um, current professionals can play in uh, these USL Academy players can play in and it's going to be, to me, it's that final piece that we've been missing here in the U.S., the whole U.S. If you look at the MLS, we've really never had a stepping stone for kids who come from an, even an MLS academy to the first team. You're, you're either with the first team or you're not. And, but the USL, uh, we're going to start in this June. It's going to be a shortened season this year, and the next year will be full go. But we're going to have a league that these kids can play in. And the coolest thing is that they'll be able to play with and against pros. So now, look, that last piece before you sign your contract is, can you compete with other pros? Um, and so that's one of the coolest things that we're, we're going to be launching here in, in May and June, and we'll, we'll be sending out more info to come. But um, that's one of the coolest things that, that, that we're doing, and I'm really looking forward. Again, you know, it's going to be Luke, Simon, and myself, and, um, you know, with, always with the collaboration of, of James, Danny, and Hack as well. So it's... That scouse, I think, is one of the, going to be that last piece that for our organization and ultimately for the American soccer player that we're going to be able to uh, help bridge that gap between a youth player and a pro player. So to the, I'm going to jump in on you, scouse, here. I know you had the next question, but I'm going to jump in on it because I want to follow up on this. I swear to God, I can't take him anyplace. <laughs> I know, it's right. But, but to that point, so, you know, we've had the challenges. And, Luke, you, you know, you experienced this as a player when we had the MLS clubs, but also had a USL club, right? And they had the weird, goofy rule. So you would slide some people down from the MLS club for a USL championship, right? They really shouldn't have been there to begin with. So is what you're talking about here, Mario, is this keeping everything kind of in the same vertical house right here to where it's more contained without loose rules and more of a um, formalized way to see a path to the to the end um i wouldn't say here's the interesting thing we want to keep the rules right the kind of loose because there, there's got to be some flexibility you know to this last piece of the puzzle um how now there's no mls in it so this is a strictly usl it could be USL Championship, could be USL League One, could be USL League Two. Um, so in that aspect alone, it's going to be different. Um, one thing that's going to be unique is you have to have a certain amount of players from each age group to participate. Because what we, we don't want is, you know, Loose City rocking up with, you know, all these pros and 20-year-olds, and then we're playing another team who got 16-year-olds. Right. Right, right, right. So part of the... The, the rules will be you have to have a certain amount of U16, U17, U19 players on your roster to make sure that every club is developing and giving opportunities to youth players. Um, so I think that's one thing. I'm on the committee with the USL for this league, and we're, we're trying to make sure that we, we have some rules, but we don't over-regulate it because you definitely want flexibility for each club. You know, like, again, for us, you know, maybe there's going to be some pros that, you know, over the weekend didn't get 90 minutes and they need to get some game minutes. So they play and at the same time. Having a 17 year old play with a pro is a lot different than having a 17 year old play with an 18 year old or 19 year old. And Luke, I don't know if you want to talk about that because I mean, you lived it. Yeah, it's something, you know, really, really exciting. I think back to, to my development when I was. You know, 17, 18, I wish that there there was an option like this that I had to play in um, rather than just the generic collegiate route that I think everybody takes because there's there wasn't anything like this in place. Um, but then also on the on the flip side of, you know, playing professionally, if I wasn't in the team or I didn't play 90 minutes. Right. I wish I had a had a league like this where I could go get match fitness Right. And, uh, you know, hopefully prove something to the coach to get me back into the team. Um, and so, you know, from from both ends, I think uh, there's nothing but but, you know, positives and excitement about this league. 
Okay, that's cool. That's the that's probably the best thing I've ever I've heard all day. Um, um, is that, that what you just said um, about the um, the reserve team and uh, I think that that is so cool. That, yeah, I mean, uh, look, we'll play. That is going to happen. Yeah, well, Indy Eleven, the Riverhounds, you know, a lot of teams. There's a couple of teams out of Cincy as well. Um, it, it's going to be. I think it's a game changer. Um, for not only our club, but I think for, for soccer in this country, you know, because there, I mean, look, I was in the college game for 20 some odd years as a coach, and it was always very difficult for the kids to make that final jump. And, you know, some of these guys, they, they graduate from college, they get drafted, or they get to USL preseason, and in two, two, three short weeks, they're out. And, you know, and they're good players, and they was just like, there was never a gap. There was, there was no transition. I mean, you went from being a collegiate amateur player and then within three weeks, almost having to prove yourself as a pro. And it was, I mean, Luke can tell you that path. It was extremely difficult. And so I think now you give these kids a legitimate time frame and experience to show, you know, what they're all about. I mean, there's so many examples of players around the world that maybe at 17, 18 weren't ready but then, you know, you go 22, 23, 24. I mean, look, right now, like I think we've got Kevin De Bruyne, who, you know, he was thrown into the fire at, at Chelsea. And it, oh, he, he wasn't good enough. <laughs> He's certainly good enough now. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? There's so many examples. You get everyone develops at a different point. And in the U.S., it's been very limited for an American player to come through a youth system and... and and to Luke's point, like you just you didn't know what to do, so you go to college. And again, and not that college was terrible, but again, then after your four years of college, you're like, okay, I got three weeks to to try to make a career. And you know, sometimes it's just dumb luck. The team you get drafted by and your position, and then you're out of the league. And then what? You know, so this is I do think scouts to your point, I think it is groundbreaking. I really do. Uh, that word gets thrown around, but I, I think it is gonna be groundbreaking and and we hope to start something like this on the women's side, yeah, as well. Because yeah. because you know yeah, you know I, I always grew up you know if you you couldn't go see uh, um, the first team at Liverpool play, you couldn't get a ticket to go to Anfield. You know you could at least go into um, the uh, the stadium and watch a reserve team play if you wanted yeah. to, you know, or they'd be out at um, South Liverpool playing um, out there on the pitch. So my question off that is, Luke, when and, uh, you know, that they pick the team and you've got all of the guys that are sitting on the bench and it's the same guys sitting on the bench for God knows how long. How how do they keep match fit? You know, if they're not playing first team games, you know, and if they're not playing reserve games, how do you guys do it? Yeah, well, I mean, that's where, you know, it gets your your periodization comes into, into play. So, uh like last year, if if you're not in the team, you know, Hack and Danny would, would have a reserve match um, the, the next day uh, in training um, where the starters would have a regen day. So, you know, it's not 90 minutes of a game, but you're, you're certainly getting getting some fitness from it and that level of intensity that you need. Um, and then, you know, we talk about personal accountability all the time. Um, you know, you, you have to do a lot of work individually on your own um, outside of outside of games. So going back to last season, season again, there were a lot of games where after the game, you know, I'm I'm sticking around because I'm not in the team. Um, there's a player named Cameron Lancaster who seems to be pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm decent. Doing my, yeah. I'm doing my, my post-match <laughs> runs, right, uh, to try and at least get something <laughs> because I'm not, not in the team consistently. So, you know, you have to, you have to be creative, and everybody's different. Um, you know, I, I knew what I needed to do uh, to make sure that, that I was fit um, for, for when I was called. Cool. But, the, you know, that, that's, uh, that's really awesome news, and... Uh... You know, if there's nothing I've taken out of the day, that's the best news I've heard all week. Thank you, mm -hmm. Mario. That's brilliant. 
So yeah. uh, let's get down to some nitty gritty. We we got some uh, important news um, out this week, and you know the last couple of weeks we've uh, heard that uh, racing. Norval, they uh, have got their first home game, and uh, yesterday we found out that uh, Volvo City have their first home game. So, um, would you guys have any input about how the teams are going to prepare for those games? Do you guys help out with the, the, the teams to get them prepared, or how does that go? Well, who, anybody want to jump in on Anybody, that anyone who wants <laughs> to jump in. This is for everybody. No, I'm would... just getting my players prepared to go to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, so we use this uh, platform called TeamSnap for inter-team communication. And since the um, we've got U8 to U10 academy teams, they train at the facility and these age group pools. But because of COVID, usually like the culture building and team building stuff, like the bonding experiences that we would facilitate as coaches, we can't do that with uh, with the kids and with the parents. So it's been really hard to bridge the gap from the field to the sideline with families. So it, as soon as the home openers were announced, everyone's like, oh, this is our chance to all spend time together. We can all go to the game together or try at least to get tickets. So all of our young players are trying to go as a group and you know as safely as they can but it's been really cool to see the buzz about it within the the younger age groups as we're getting ready for those home openers that's cool and and you know the, the one thing um that i'll brag on uh, everybody in scouts house is that uh, we are very kid friendly and we would rather have the kids on the front rail than the adults. So if any of them come on down to Scouser's house, we'll put them on the front rail so they have a front oh, row. Fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I, I think from so we'd looking, be glad to do that. We're looking at perspective. Um, COVID has definitely changed things. Um, you know, last year I directly helped out with with Blue City. Um, Simon Bird has taken that spot. Um, so Simon is the overall. You know, he oversees the boys. So he's taking that role on. Um, you know, Luke, I know, has daily interaction. We, Luke and I speak with Danny Hack, for sure. Luke still speaks with the players. Um, on the racing side, NWSL has some very strict COVID protocol. Um, and so if you're not in the bubble, um, you know, you definitely, we, we, the, the protocol is very, very strict. We get it, okay? Um, so that's definitely changed the dynamic of it. For sure, the involvement from from Christy and Gary and you know we get to watch training and, and whatnot but it's very a lot more difficult now currently because of COVID to have much interaction um, but I know Luke still obviously speaks with all the guys I don't know if Luke you want to talk a little bit yeah it's you know, I think since I've hung up the boots you know it's not like I've lost all those relationships and just completely stopped talking to my my old team <laughs> Um, so I still stay in touch with them quite a bit. Um, you know, it's, it's honestly hard for me to see a result, even in preseason and not reach out to one of them. Like, okay, what happened? You know, how to, how to mm -hmm. go. Or, and, you know, a lot of them will reach out to me just asking my thoughts. Um, that's just, you know, how we, how we were in the, in the locker room. So it's nice to still have those relationships. Um, and, and like Mario touched on, we, I'm still in contact with Danny and hack, um, you know, and, and I want to help them as much as I can. So, uh, whatever I can do, I usually extend a, extend a hand to help them. Cool. So you're, you're going into my next question. Um, because apparently was it yesterday or earlier on this week, we, um, we have our, um, Nine foot five goalkeeper that just started joined the team from um, from France. So um, he's finally with the team. And um, one thing that I was reading about that really impressed me, and you know, people have asked me about you know the tryouts that uh, that Louisville City have, and they had a, a guy by the name of um, Parker Siegfried. Is that right? Uh, a new goalkeeper that's um, now signed a, a contract with uh, Louisville City, and he was part of one of the tryouts, which is awesome. 
you know, so even at the tryouts, you know, people can get through and come start playing for the first team. So um, can you give us any insight on the, the two uh, new goalkeepers? Uh, I mean, I I can only give you any insight on you know, what, uh, you know, what it takes to get into the locker room. And, and they, they've certainly demonstrated themselves to be great people um, to, to get into the locker room in the first place. Um, and then, you know, from there, especially at the, the goalkeeping position, it's, it's, it's very competitive as we've seen in, in previous seasons with, uh, Chris Hubbard and, and Ben Lunt as, as we saw the previous two years. Um, and so, you know, hopefully they're in a situation where they have, you know, three really good quality keepers that'll be, uh, competing for the, for that spot because that ultimately, puts them in the in the best position that's so cool because um you know it made my day read knows um this morning but as i was going through uh preparing for this tonight so um one of the other things that's coming up really cool um at the club is on was it march 26th we're having a, um, a blood drive you guys all going this i'll be unfortunately out of town yeah, so that, that's pretty cool too, you know, giving back to the community. And um, yeah. if anybody's watching this and wants to get out there and donate blood, is um, March 26th over at Lynn Family Stadium. And um, please get out there and uh, donate some blood. Um, and then, of course, earlier this week, we, or last week, we, uh, we saw that uh, Soccer City Radio is back. So uh, I have not got an invite to go back on it yet. Um, have any of you guys got an invite to go on Soccer City Radio? Yeah, I'm waiting for my phone to ring, and you know Lance hasn't called me, so uh, Lance is not in charge anymore. Now it's Jeff Gruder. Man, yeah, I, I swear to God, I'm feeling left out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you've not had uh, Soccer City Radio, you know they're they they changed uh, teams, haven't they? Aren't they with uh, ESPN now? Is that right? They yeah. are Thursday, Thursday yeah. nights, I believe. It's it's seven o'clock, seven thirty. Not sure. Yeah. Okay. ESPN six eighty though. Six eighty. Okay. All right. So, um, which one of you guys wants to fill us in about this um, rumor that was going around yesterday about an MLS uh, expansion bid? Yeah, that was. Uh, I put up my cloud <laughs> in my, my house. I put up my four kids. Um, <laughs> 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 no, nah, look, I, you know. Um, I mean, I think we all know Louisville's a great sports town. Um, you know, what the, again, soccer holdings has done overall, um, you know, you, you, you never know. Um, I, I, what we do know is we have great owners with a lot of ambition that want to do things right, um, see where the cards fall. And, I mean, look, six months ago, we thought Sacramento was, was in building a, you know, multi-million, you know, a couple hundred million dollar stadium and look what happened. So. I think what we learned about the MLS is um, they're always looking. Uh, you have great owners here, a great fan base here, uh, a, a growing, uh, enthusiastic soccer community. Um, if, if they ever wanted to, we know we'd be ready. I mean, that's one thing you can you can say that yeah. you know, now with what we have in the facilities, you could show up. Yeah, you know, not that it'd be easy, but yeah, you know, next year yeah. right. Let, let's, let's do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and stoke the fire a little bit because you know we don't want to end up like Cincinnati, right? <laughs> since you <laughs> yeah the since the losers since he loses yeah <laughs> look at Luke <laughs> <laughs> so Luke um, I hear that uh, earlier this week that um, we got uh, um, the wrong end of a 4-0 drumming by um, Nashville so in friendly uh, matches like that how much um do you take uh, to heart from um, a defeat like that? Uh, I mean, you never want to lose 4-0, right? You never want to lose in, in general. Um, but, you know, as much as you, you might treat it like it's not different, it is preseason, right? So uh, I know, you know, they've been going at it for a, for a while now. I think they're a couple months into a, to a preseason. Um you know, and they're they're playing some some good opponents. Um, so, 
you know, without being in it every day, I'm not sure, you know, if I'm the, I'm the right guy to say, you know, we should be overreacting or, or, um, you know, we can be laid back because it's preseason. Um, I, I think there's so much that, that goes into it. Um, without being there, it, it's difficult to tell. Um, you know, what I can tell you is that, you know, I'm very exciting or I'm very excited to have the season uh, get started here, here shortly in April. And, um, you know, I'm excited to actually enjoy a beer and, and get to watch as a fan rather than uh, watching from the, from the bench. That's exactly what, that's exactly what Hack said when we had Holly on here. He's like, I can't wait to just get in her Lynn family and just have a beer or a bourbon and watch you get in this pressure cooker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. And we will definitely save you a spot in the house. Good. Good. For sure. So, um, one of our favorite Warren holes, um, the Melwood Tavern, um, finally <laughs> reopened. I'm um, so excited to hear that that's the favorite. At, um, and we go there, um, you know, because they, the owner of the place is actually, um, as you would believe it, you know, he's, it's the Melwood Tavern. He's a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> I don't know, you know, why we would like that Wazer and Hole, but uh, the Melwood Tavern is actually open again, and it is a soccer-friendly bar, and if you uh, want to go in there and watch any game, then they'd love to do it. Um, and uh, give Patrick a shout out because he is a member of Scouts' House, and uh, it's a it's a good place to be. So, um, so glad to see it's back open again. I'm ready to go Definitely. for a pint. Yeah. So um, the other thing is, is um, if you guys didn't already know that, uh, but Scouts' House um, has been celebrating the diversity of our. T- team and fan base um, since uh, we were behind the goal um, and uh, what we like to do is uh, celebrate uh, the diversity of the team that's right in front of us and we have flags for every nationality that is on our team that's including Luke <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I just want to encourage people to come out and join Scouts' house because um, you know if even if you've never been to a soccer game before, we will take time. If you want to stand behind the goal with us, and if you don't understand the game, please open your mouth because there is somebody there that will explain the game to you without you making you feel like you're, you're asking a stupid question because there's no stupid questions. And um, Scouts' House is open to everybody. You know, we don't put up with any hate in Scouts' House. We're just there to for the love of the game and to watch a football game. And... Um, Luke, you're always welcome. Bring your family along. And Kincaid, you're always welcome. Just get into the house and, uh, um, you know, uh, we'll always make you welcome. And, uh, you know, you know, I don't want to hear that, uh, you know, my, my first baseball game, you know, somebody told me that, you know, I didn't know the rules and I'd work it all out. And I said, oh, yeah, this last baseball game I'm going to. <laughs> so I'm so glad that... Uh, I'm glad there's a place that uh, we can go watch football and um, please come join us. And we've reduced the fees for Scouts' House this year because of COVID and it's just going to be straight 10 bucks. And please support us so we can support our um, our charity that we support, which is uh, KRM, Kentucky Refugee Ministries. And um, you got to let us know we can do for the academy you know because uh, there's anything we can do for the academy we'd be more than happy to do it and uh Kincaid welcome to the uh, um to the city uh, I appreciate that you're here um and you guys are awesome because I know it's now quarter till 11 and you guys have been up what since uh oh dark 30 this morning and <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on mountain time. We can go another two hours if you guys. Okay, we can, we can go for another two hours if you want. I, I could talk football all day long. My, my so, crying My was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen Mario nodding off in the uh, the podcast a little bit before. So yeah, Mister Mr. <laughs> Mr. O'Connor has got me uh, night bright and early with meetings. I can tell you yeah. that. <laughs> So is there anything else you guys would like to add before we uh, call it a day on this here podcast? No, uh, I'll just say, 
you know, thank you from my end. Um, you know, you've Scouts, you've been the first one to, you know, support uh, me individually and the team for, you know, past four four seasons that I've been here. Um, and so I just really appreciate it. I know I know that won't change. Um, I just wanted to tell you that that you are appreciated. So thanks. Thank you very much. You know, just yeah, thanks on that. for the. Sorry, Mario. Thanks for the opportunity and for the warm welcome, everyone in. Everyone in Louisville is so nice. It's it's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> We're known for that. <laughs> uh, and Scouts and Kenny, just want to again thank you for making everyone feel so welcome for the uh, for being so inclusive. Um, my little stance right now is more than ever we need people to come together, and I think football is a great great way we know to bring people together. Um, and so I want to thank you guys for. Always making, didn't matter from what walk of life people come from, feel open and accepted and, and using our, our great sport for that. So thank you guys. Yeah. And, you know, just the one thing that uh, people don't realize is um, um, that football is the only sport on the planet that's actually stopped the war. <laughs> just for the love of watching a football game. Yep. So... Uh, and that's the power of football. And that's the, the game that we love. And um, again, I want to thank all three of you for being on here tonight. I know you guys have had a long day and I know you're tired. So um, we're going to call it a day right here. And thank you very much for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, doing this podcast with you guys again, actually from the training facility. Once all of these shenanigans yeah. are over. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Really cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank well, you thank guys. you guys. And thank have a good night. Thanks, Kenny. Appreciate thank, it. Yeah, thanks, thanks everyone. Yep. Hopefully, we'll see you on April 10th. You know where to find Sounds us. Sounds good. We're, we're at the biggest bar in the whole stadium. <laughs> cheers. 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 Have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs>